Hi, I'm Josh McDonald. And I'm Randy Materi, and we are Hand Therapy Academy. We're going to talk about scar management. We have all different kinds of ways, both research-based and some experientially-based ways to manage scars. So let's talk about how we do that best. So Miranda, when would you say you start the concept of scar management with a patient? When's the first time after, let's say, a trauma that you would initiate that conversation with a patient? It's usually right away, right? So if it's usually, so it may not mean that I'm massaging directly over the scar, but I might be massaging around the scar, or we might be talking about ways to minimize scarring. And sometimes patients are like, oh, I don't care what it looks like. I'm fine with scars. But you're like, well, that's actually not why we care either. We don't really care as much as what it looks like, but how your arm is going to function afterwards. If you have a bunch of scar that's bound up, it's not in your wrist or your hand is not going to move as well. So it's educating the patient that just what you see on the outside, that scar on the outside is not necessarily, it's also happening on the inside as well. So scar management starts early on and it starts early on by massaging around things. I would say by moving, right? We want the collagen fibers to a lot to um, align in elongated position so they're not all bundled up. So typically that scar management conversation is happening right away. How about for you? Would you say right away? Yeah, I'm at least introducing them to the concepts right away. Like you said, I'm not like jumping in on managing the scar if they're, let's say, like five days or even a week post flexor tendon surgery or um, like a distal radius fracture plate. Um, I'm not starting then on directly on the scar, but I will say, let's do some movement of the tissues kind of around that scar where I'm not loading it directly. Uh, you know, the stitches haven't have the, the borders of the wound haven't healed over yet, but I want to get the things around it moving lightly, but all very light tension, nothing too forceful. Yeah. And then sometimes it's education, like, Hey, like, let's not like go put your arm out in the sun all day. Right. Cause then that can lead to more scarring as well. So it's just providing that upfront education. And then as you progress and you get more into the further stages of healing, then you can, I think, start being a little more aggressive with your scar management. So when would you say you would have a patient do direct scar massage over the scar site itself? So I would say it's after, you know, of course, after the stitches have been removed, um, sometimes they'll have steri strips on, which that's like a paper tape and there's some publications on that actually being an effective scar management technique. So if they do have steri strips on, instead of, you know, like pulling them off too early, I might just leave them thinking that's going to kind of help with the scarring as well. But then once those steri strips off, then I'm looking at the scar. What is, you know, have we moved from that, you know, that post-operative inflammatory phase and we're moving into the other phases, then I might start doing a little bit more direct pressure um, I kind of talked around your question, didn't I? That was very much a politician answer. <laughs> well, I, I like it because it's not always based on week three. And you can't say week three because if they're a little long in the inflammatory phase, and what does that look like? I don't want redness. I don't want inflammation around there. I don't want it warm to the touch. Not that it's infected, but I want to make sure it's a stable wound. I also don't want to be beating it up if it's in that early proliferative phase. And so you can do scar management, scar massage that's light, that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not leaning into it, but if they're early proliferative around week three, we can still make some differential movement between the superficial scar and the fascia tissues underneath. And then more like week five, maybe that's when I'm like, okay, let's lean into that a little bit more just to break up those adhesions that we didn't get early on. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think like if you're too aggressive early on, you're going to lay down more scar. So a lot of times it's educating the patient too. You don't have to be that aggressive to do scar scar massage. Yeah. More is not always better. Yeah, definitely. So let's say we've got a patient who's six-week post-op surgery, disarrays fracture, carpal tunnel release, whatever, and their scar looks like it needs some work. What are your top things that you like to do? So it's scar massage would be one of them. I might tell them, you know, what type of cream to use. And a lot of times this is based on what I know their physician likes, right? So if I know their physician likes vitamin E oil, I'm going to tell the patient that's what they like. Um, If I don't know their physician, um, then, you know, I might um, just tell them to buy a non-scented cream like Eucerin or something like that to massage it. And I think there are a lot of expensive scar creams on the, the market, but I don't think you always have to buy those to have the best result. I think just keeping it moisturized, um, and then with the non-scented, you want to make sure it doesn't have any perfume in it. Cause a lot of times the perfumes have alcohol in them and then that can dry off the scar more. So sometimes people will think, Oh, I got some lotion and it's great. It smells good, but actually it can not be good for the scar. So educating them on that fact. Um, and then a lot of times we'll talk about scar pads or some type of tape over the scar if the scar can heal it. So it might be silicone at night. Uh, it could be paper tape. It could be kinesio tape. Um, and it's, I'll usually go over the options with the patients and kind of tell them the pros and cons of each one and then let them decide, you know, because if it's a silicone scar pad, then we're, you're going to be buying that all the time, right? And sometimes people are like, oh, no, I'll just do that paper tape. That seems like a good enough option. Yeah, yeah. I And, and the Sika Care, the silicone gel sheet stuff, those companies do a great job of marketing. You just need something to hold in temperature, moisture, and a little bit of pressure on that scar. And the Sika Care, the silicone gel sheet stuff does that very well. They say that the mineral oils in it also help to, to break down the scar superficially, but research shows that paper tape, Steri-Strips, anything topically on there that holds in moisture, temperature, and applies pressure is sufficient. I will say that I have had patients who almost don't buy into the paper tape thing. And if I hand them a dollar roll of paper tape and say, this is just as good for you to go buy, as the $33 Seeker Care patch, they'll go buy the $33 thing because it feels more medical and more substantial. Like it's, it's your call. If you want to do that, that's your call. I'll usually give people a little sample. And then when they say, oh, it's been two days, I need a new one. I'm like, mm, then you can go buy one. <laughs> Here's that's the right, Amazon yeah. link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What about, are you using any um, like Otoform or um, what's the other one? Elastomer. Elastomer. Are you using yes. any of those? Uh, sparingly. Um, I don't feel like it's super necessary for a lot of patients. Um, I will use it. Um, I use it for, for a little bit of like the, the burn kind of scar that gets very dense and starts to contract. And so if I'm doing like a C bar on a Palmer burn or something like that, or if it's causing a contraction across the palm, um, then I'll use it. I feel like on forearm, uh, wound scars, that kind of stuff, those don't need as much, but if I'm putting some pressure through because I'm on a C-bar trying to open that thumb web space up or something, then I'll use um, that. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's a, um, it's an, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? It's an epoxy product. Comes in, the, the elastomer anyway, comes in two different containers, a catalyst and an agent, a blue and a white, and you mix them together like Play-Doh until they're light blue. And then you shape it to what you want inside that splint, and then you let it harden. There's a time component to it. You got to make sure you're ready to go and you wait long enough and don't. So there's some some tricks to it, but that can be effective in managing the scar. I've had some very good success with it, 
but it's also pricey. If I'm using that on every patient, it gets a little expensive and not necessary. Yeah, it's nice because it can conform to maybe an awkward area that you wouldn't be able to play. Like a piece of tape might not stay or like sometimes between the fingers, I feel like if they get any dorsal, you know, after a hand burn, if they're getting any of that dorsal hooding, you can put like a piece of um, zero form, you can mold it between the fingers and then that kind of helps the scar from migrating dorsally so they don't get that like webbing look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you said it well, same thing in those tricky spots where I can't get the other things to stay. Yeah. The other thing is um, the others are oftentimes adhesive and the elastomer is not. And so if they don't otherwise need a splint or something else, then I've got to come up with a way, maybe it's a um, stockinette or compressive sleeve or something to hold that elastomer where it belongs if they don't otherwise need a splint. So it adds a layer to maybe why I wouldn't pick elastomer if they don't need a splint in addition. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of other like um, tips and tricks with Dyson and pencil erasers and all kinds of other tools to use. Do you like re- recommending those? What's your stance on some of those? Um, if you know if they need to be really aggressive and maybe you know trying to save their other hand from you know holding an awkward position or something, like I feel like the pencil eraser and eraser is kind of nice because it gives you a little traction. Um, I oftentimes don't. Um, recommend that though. The other thing um, is I do like the scar massagers with the vibration. I feel like that helps not only with the scar, but it can desensitize the scar as well. So I would say if I recommend anything, it's probably like that little mini massager and it's like, I don't know, like 15 bucks on Amazon or something. It's probably gone up with inflation now, but yeah, um, pretty cheap. They can buy them. I have them in the clinic. They can try it first and see if they like it or not. Yeah. I like those too. And I, I feel like I want to be as low equipment as necessary, as low. um, I don't want them dependent on, oh, I don't have my thing with me, so I can't do it. I'll tell patients, massage that scar with your thumb, and I show them the amount of pressure they should use. I said, that should be your new nervous tick. Every line in the grocery store you stand in, every stoplight you're at, you should just be lightly fiddling with that. Not for an hour, three minutes, two minutes, stoplights, commercial breaks, that kind of stuff. But if they have to have a piece of, uh, of device with them, even if it's a pencil eraser, then they're less likely to do it. I will use a Dyson if they are super sensitive to pressure, that that allows them to get the traction, gives them that differential glide between the superficial scar and the fascia underneath without having to put a lot of pressure through that to get that purchase. So I'll use that occasionally. I just give them a little like one and a half by one and a half square. So I'm going to stick this in your purse, put it in your center console in the car so you can use it whenever you need it. Yeah, I think that's a good one as well. And for those patients that maybe don't want to buy the little massager, I also can tell them to use like the other end of the electric toothbrush, you know, not the end you stick in your mouth, but the (laughs) other side, (laughs) because I feel like that's like a poor man's version of the scar massager. Or I've heard people say use an electric razor, not the side that cuts the hair, but the other side. Not the business end, the other end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Things we shouldn't have to tell people, but we still have to tell people. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hopefully this gives you some ideas on scar massage, when to do it, when to start it, what to use. If you are interested, certainly shoot us an email, info at handtherapyacademy.com or um, our Instagram, Handtherapy Academy.